Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Everyone, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. Once again, Chase Curtis and I are in the Swap Motor Live office. And alone. Huh? Alone. Alone, yeah. A-Ray's in Poundtown, Kentucky, and uh, Michael's at home. And, uh, yeah, we had a big oh. weekend. Yeah. Most importantly, Ezra is at the feed store, so it's quiet today. At the feed store with mom. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Alex, have they revoked your California license yet? Uh, no, no, not yet. What do you mean, California license? I, I still have a Tennessee driver's license. Oh, okay. Okay. attaboy, attaboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't play, we don't play that. Yeah, we're, we're East Coast, you know, all day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we had a big weekend, uh, obviously. Anton was at Unadilla, or not, not Unadilla, Bud's Creek. Did you go, A-Ray? Uh, no, I did not. Um, I will be going to Ironman this weekend, though. Um, I'm, I'm just, it's, a, it's only a couple-hour drive from where I'm at right now. So, yeah, I plan on going there, you know, mingling around, and you know, I'm just seeing some, seeing some friends and stuff. I, I've been kind of going stir-crazy a little bit, not being at the races. So it'll be, it'll be good to be back there this weekend for sure. Yeah. So uh, Chase and I had a... Uh, kind of a hellish trip to Tallahassee, Alabama for the Mini Major East. We'll get to that later, but uh yeah, it's 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 a wonder that we're here in California doing this podcast because American Airlines wanted to bring us home on Wednesday. Yeah, I can't believe we actually are here. Yeah. But um anyhow, big racing action this weekend, Anton, and big fumbles from the scoring personnel. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it it's like a weekly thing at this point. Yep. And like, part of it that I've been thinking, I'm like, okay, is this an internet issue? Is this, like, an infrastructure issue? Is this just, like, what is it at this point? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I, like, we've said it enough this year where it doesn't seem like this has been, you know, as great as this year has been, the coverage and just, like, the technical aspect of it has been very lacking. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the timing thing to happen again the way it did, for the 450 motos to be kind of wonky the way they were yeah barsha got disqualified and i'm sure that threw a wrench into some stuff but even like the broadcast too it's just like dude mm-hmm. i hate to like be so negative but it it's pretty tough right now i could yeah. see where why a lot of people are as mad as they are because like every week it just feels like oh another one yep, yep. okay it's yeah. ridiculous at this point i had friends texting me obviously we were at the track but i had friends texting me in the morning saying asking if i knew what was going on because they thought i was at the race because they went to click on flow, and it took them to quad racing. Oh. Butts Creek <laughs> was quad racing, <laughs> so I don't know what went on there, but yeah, it's pretty ridiculous at this point. Yeah, and then there was a point during the day when we were we were on our way home from the track at Mini Major, and I went on Instagram, and Anton saw that you had posted the motocross and nation stuff. And I was like, sick, but I didn't see anything after that. So I was like, oh well, I'll grab photos and I'll do the post, and so I went to the AMA website, yeah. and I did a post and said, top three, here we go. And then later on, it was gone. I'm all, 
why did it disappear? <laughs> I guess that's why it disappeared, eh? Were there, like, comments saying you guys are knuckleheads? <laughs> yes, lots of comments that we were dumb. We were and, and a couple text messages like, hey, 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 you guys know. And I was just like, oh, wow. Because someone had brought it up to my attention, some guy in, like, a Suzuki pit shirt, someone's dad, I guess, uh, when we were doing How Was Your Weekend interviews under the AMA trailer. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the AMA truck just to ask you know like real real politely like, hey do you guys know if there's an issue or, or are you working on something else because like i just saw i know you i didn't do that yeah <laughs> like oh yeah we're working on another one and then uh yeah dude it's just it's such a it's so weird it's because it just hit it makes everything a hiccup you know yeah. and even at the races like as someone that's there i know for for people that aren't at the races and that they don't understand but like it's just like us going to do any nine to five job so like there are times that the wi-fi doesn't work there's times that other stuff doesn't you know happen the way that it should and it just bogs the whole day down mm-hmm. to where like you get to the end of it where it's like oh shit i still need to do xyz things that i can't do because i can't even get like a text message just sent out here yeah, you yeah. Know? and like part of that is always going to be when we race in the middle of you know rule settings mm-hmm. but at the same time too it's just like oh my gosh it's just so frustrating because like there's a standard that we want to be at and we just can't even get to it yeah. Alex, do you know what happened? Uh, I posted AMA results that Eli was first and uh, Sexton was third. And who, who got second according to that? I think Anderson was do- yeah. or was in second place at yeah, initially. I, yeah. yeah, so we did a post uh, and it was all wrong. No, I didn't, I didn't, see, I didn't see any of that. Uh, yeah, I watched the race live uh, just with, uh, I don't know, I was at my chick's house and uh, – they have like the the map tv on direct tv so i i watched every every race live i didn't really have any issue i didn't look at live timing or, or anything like that but but yeah i mean we we did have some good racing that's that's all i know mm-hmm. um i was excited to see dungeon up there I, you know i was yeah i mean like the 250 class was exciting I, I i just thought this year has just been very very good racing this outdoor yeah. season super close uh yeah i mean damage control with chase in the first moto and then and then you know Eli even in the second moto being, you know, him talking and, you know, to Anton talking about like being a bit flat and, uh, yeah, it was, it's crazy. Is it to me, like to me, Anton, like you interviewing these guys, I'm watching like your, the, the little post-race things, um, on YouTube. How was your weekend by OGO? Yes. <laughs> How was your weekend by OGO? Are these guys being more truthful this year? Like, I feel like you got guys like RJ even Dungy, Eli, all of these guys, they're being super, like, truthful with their answers, and they're giving us more than they have in years in years past. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. And I'm, like, and we've joked about it so many times. Like, we used to, some of us used to dread doing How Was Your Weekend when it was, like, dudes like RV that you would have to talk to that would just be so salty. And so it sucked. And now it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I really, really look forward to it. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you that some of the stuff that guys are saying is just so there. You know, there there's other stuff that they're coy about, or maybe I don't know the full thing on, and I'll ask, like, hoping, like, oh, okay, I hope that this, like, gets them to uh, come out with it all the way. You know, last week when I'm asking AP about his, his testing, you know, he did a very good job to say that he had changed something, but he never said what they had changed on those forks that they're just, you know, air forks mm-hmm. yeah. straight off of anybody else's bike. Yeah. So there is a lot of more truthful stuff to it. A lot of guys that are just like, hey, this is the stress and this is what it is to race this many races and this is where I'm at at this point in my season. 
But then they're also very coy and very guarded when it comes to certain stuff, especially if it's a bike thing. Like, oh, yeah, we changed something. We did this. We did that. There are certain guys that will come out and say, like, we changed this. I slowed it down. I sped it up. Um, but it just I agree with you. It does feel like everybody's really open right now. It feels like people are uh, – because they're bringing the riders to the press area, mm-hmm. and it's a, a media corral to interview guys. It feels like they know that they have to be there. and. Yeah. I think Anton's getting better interviews from the guys that are in the corral than if we were, like, bogarting in their semis after the race. Right. Hey, let's do a how was your weekend real quick. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I never had a problem just walking into shit and asking people to do it. And sometimes they'd say no, and I'd walk away and go get someone else. But, you know, when you're in the media corral, you know you're supposed to give an interview. Yeah, you're prepared. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, totally. but I, think, I think Michael does a good job of getting candid answers from yeah. the guys. And I think this year too, we're seeing, I think we're seeing a lot of people unhappy with with their setup this year, a lot of frustration. And so I think, yeah, in previous years, people maybe want to make excuses when they're not doing so hot, and now they're trying to like, hey, I'm not actually just making excuses. I'm trying to provide some reason as to why I'm not happy and what's going on. Right? Yeah, people are being more candid about their uh, dissatisfaction with their bikes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But uh, Anton, you almost got poor Alex Martin to cry again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not trying for that. I very much dread uh, Fox Raceway. I, I really yeah. Dread we the should finale. bring some tissues. Mm. Oh, cry again. Yeah. We'll do the cry uh, guy. The cry guy. Cry Snapchat. Emoji? No, let's get like a box of uh, you know the square box of tissues. And yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll wrap it black with salt and alive lightning bolts. <laughs> And we'll give put it the to mic him. in there. Yeah, because <laughs> I like how you have that little clip-on mic, and sometimes they put it out with a lightning bolt on on the front. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, I I agree with what you said too, Don, about people coming over to the media corral because when they come over there, you know, it's just assembly line. They'll get me. They'll get LeBig. They'll do Mathis. They'll do Racer X. Like bang, bang, bang. They knock them all out. I'm sure a Ray, especially from your perspective as a rider. When you've thought about your race happening like that and you've had time to think about it, you know, sometimes even when the results aren't there, you you have an idea of what you did in your head. And then to spit it out that way real quick, knock it all out in 15 minutes and then go on instead of all of us being over there. Because there's so much stuff that has to happen at the end of the day at the race. You have team people trying to talk to you, fans Mm -hmm. that are there, trying to close your locker up and get out of there. You know, I really do like the media corral deal. Um cool that they put that on and especially because now we see the need for it because you know i think we had talked about it earlier in the year there was a little bit of hemming and hawing on doing how was your weekend in the pits at supercross races again and Mm -hmm. we weren't almost going to be allowed to do it and it's like no you have to have this you have to have this you have to have this with racers because otherwise you lose all of that stuff like the pr quotes that come out (laughs) nothing against anybody doing the pr quotes but nobody sees them only so few people see them Mm-hmm. These things get hundreds of thousands of impressions. They, you know, get way, way more out there. And if we're going to try to sell, especially this next generation of guys, like to have them on camera being as candid as they are, being as forthcoming, it's it's awesome to have. And I hope it helps out a lot. Going the, the only thing that kind of stinks is that everyone has interviews now. Like yeah. before we, like we created How Was Your Weekend? People didn't always used to do that, you know? So um, I don't know. I just think we used to do it better than everybody else, but now everybody's kind of level playing field. We still do it better because Anton asks more questions, but it makes people cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, 
Any word on Dungey? Is he coming back next year, or is this a one and done? Um, I think they're still trying to figure a lot of that out. Uh, he looks good. You know, Ryan is getting better and better, even to see in that second moto where it was him and Ken right up there, right off the rip. I was excited to see that. Um, uh, it's getting good. I don't think he's going to do Supercross. No. You know, I don't see that happening at all. Uh, but it would be cool to see him keep doing the nationals. I think that's something that he needs to figure out in these next few weeks. And then what KTM needs to figure out, because there's a lot of moving pieces just within that team. Yeah. You know, as we get to the end of the year, now we're starting to really see the silly season stuff mm-hmm. hash out. Uh, and the orange guys are going to be very interesting to watch going into next year. You know, second year on the bike, more people, Supercross only contracts with Marvin, uh, Tom Vial coming in, Cooper coming back, AP figuring it out. It, it'll be interesting to see what they do over there. Why do you think Dungey would not do Supercross? Uh, I mean, I would think that it's maybe just like the risk factor, you know, like, I mean, all of the, all of the outdoor stuff comes natural to these racers, right? Because they did it from such a young age. Supercross, it's a little bit different. Like, it's it's pretty, like, I mean, uh, Supercross is gnarly. I mean, you have whoops, you have triples, ruts, and uh, I don't know, like, big jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I just think that he's, he's, I don't know, I feel like this is like a last two raw grassroots tour. I, I don't know. Um, but I did see in, in an interview that he did want to race next year. Uh, it's just, you know, the politics of it, you know, like yeah. whether or not it's right for him, you know, or whatever they come up with, I think, with the team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it would be great to see him back outdoors again. Um, but I, I don't I don't think it would be anything during Supercross. Yeah, not to discredit him at all or anything, but he's not like he's not half-assing his program, right? But he's not he's not going to Alden's. He's riding at home, right? And I think if if he were to sign up for Supercross too, I mean, you kind of got to go to Alden's, ride Supercross during the week, be back on that program. And I mean, I think oh, he's, yeah. he's been open too about saying, "Hey, the wife's maybe not the happiest about this, but he's doing it on kind of her terms and terms they agreed on, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, if I were her, I'd probably be pissed too. I mean, yeah. he made a, a jillion dollars. So like, why does he still want to go out there suffer and get rocks in his face? Yeah, you know, for. For thirty plus two twice on a Saturday, I, you know, I mean, hell, that could be their date night. You know, (laughs) shit. I mean, if I had that option, I probably wouldn't be out there either. Yeah. To that point that you said, Chase, about having to go down to Florida. Yeah, dude. I mean, think about when he's going to have to put in or go to California. Think about when they're going to have to put in all of their Supercross time. Yeah. It's when it's cold in Minnesota that he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is like the perfect summer gig for Dungey. Mm-hmm. You know, like go out, you start doing motos when the weather breaks, and the track's all up north and just kind of keep getting into it. The kids aren't in school or anything like that yet, so they get to go have fun. But it, you know what? I'll say this. It's been really, really fun to see Ryan go through all of this and Troy his dad is there you know Jade's there working for AP I've had fun watching Ryan and I think too like he needed this year more than anything just to come back and be like hey could I still do this I think Mm -hmm. there was a lot of unanswered questions with him we all know how many times he's tried to come back in the last five Mm -hmm. five years yeah this is the perfect send-off is he satisfied with what he's doing though like I mean I know everyone thought he was going to be winning halfway through the season or they're going to win Millville or I mean he hasn't hit a podium yet Mm-mm. Um, is this enough for him or also on the flip side like will he be better next year yeah got- personally i think he wants more i think he's happy but i think he wants more and i think that's kind of a reason where he's thinking about coming back next year too to maybe maybe 
start riding a month before than what he did this year and, and try and come in next year even stronger. He knows he needs to work on his intensity. He's not really riding with a lot of guys during the week. So I think he's content, but I don't think he's thrilled. Do you guys do you guys think that he – I mean, while these guys are racing Supercross, he's testing and helped develop the race bike, like, better? Because it's no secret that they're having issues with the new bike, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're going to come out swinging with – they're going to want to come out swinging with a better bike, obviously, next year? I mean, and Dungey might be that guy to help them bridge that gap while everyone else is focused on Supercross. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. You know what's funny is to hear him uh, really, really unhappy about the bike when he came out at, at Fox Raceway and was like, yeah, this is the best outdoor bike yeah. I've ever ridden. But that's the thing we've heard about. That's like the infamous quote we've heard about this new bike. I mean, think about all all the preseason hype before Supercross. Everyone absolutely loved the, the bike. The best bike. Everyone's like, this is the best bike. This is the best I've been. And then all of a sudden when racing happens, they're not happy again. So I, I'm just... I'm still very confused about what's going on with this new machine because you talk to I talked to one guy and it's it's engine issues. I talked to another guy, it's chassis, and then another guy, oh, it's just the fork. Like it mm-hmm. can't be all of those things, right? So I think they just need more time. Um, and I think too to that point about Ryan and testing in this bike, you know, Don, especially when we've been around Ryan so much when he was competing at the highest level and championship chasing. Ryan knows he can get lost in the setup thing, and they're always searching for the perfect bike. And I was really interested to see how he would handle that this year, seeing how much of a challenge it was that the bike wasn't already worked out. It wasn't something that he had been helping test and develop already. It was more like, here you go. We're going to build from this rather than build around you. I, th- I think he's done pretty well in that, too, because it'd be very easy for him to get you know spun out on a lot of things and this go even worse than it has been not that it's gone bad but it could very easily like oh man he's testing way too much and it's not working anymore yeah Mm -hmm. hey on the uh other side of the fence with the husky guys malcolm did a lot better this weekend he did did he uh did he look considerably better anton do we lose anton are you there oh there There you go. go There you are. Yeah, it faded in and out. Okay. Um, yeah, Malcolm looked good. Dean looked good. I think that everybody kind of knew, you know, how hard is Unadilla? How hard is that one to get back to? And then to what Malcolm's point was when he was telling you last week, Don, they're going to get to the hot conditions, and it was Florida hot in sure. Maryland. Mm-hmm. So that that favored him. You know, it was everybody. That's all you could talk about was how hot it was on Saturday. Were the trash and cans out that, in full effect? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, even at like eight o'clock in the morning, you would just be standing there looking at each other and be like, "How you feeling?" And then you would just see everybody just start breaking out <laughs> in sweat, just cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Malcolm, like, uh, he fell victim to the results thing because on his Instagram he wrote, "Yo, got tenth, pumped me in the top ten. And then Christian comments, "Yo, dude, you got ninth." He goes, "Oh, I leveled up." <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, that, that's badass. Malcolm in his second national back gets ninth. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Roger must have been man-friending like crazy. I can't, right? I don't, what do you think he did? Like, imagine him sprinting from the booth to make sure James is okay and then back to the Rockstar Husky rig. Yeah, I don't know. Did you Just see, split in half. Did you see Roger Larson this weekend? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw Roger. He was yeah. back and forth everywhere. I didn't get to see James, though. I was bummed about that. I've seen, I seen a picture of James on, on Instagram, obviously, the one that they posted with uh, Wygant. Super fit looking, James, huh? Like, he, yeah, he's thin. Like, all yeah. that weight that he had gained, like, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Is he on that program now? What? The, uh, the infamous program? no, no. <laughs> the the yeah the West Coast Aldens no <laughs> taking taking California by storm <laughs> no um yeah he looked good what did you guys think of him in the booth have you got a chance to watch the race yet Michael yeah I I think it was decent it wasn't bad he had a lot of great points I think that I don't know in my opinion I don't know if the racers think the same way that him and RC and Chad think. So, like, whenever he's explaining stuff, he would obviously explain it, to, like, a, how he would think. But they were pretty gnarly takes, I would think, right? So, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was, if it was, like, uh, it wasn't bad takes, but it was his opinion, I feel like, versus what the actual writer might have been thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what got kind of rubbed me the wrong way he kept saying? Uh-oh. He kept saying, Joe Shimoda. Far East. The Far East Coast. <laughs> Man, all right. Say it once. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe I'm sensitive. Everybody's sensitive now, right? I guess. Huh? Yeah, stop Asian hate. I don't think you have any right to be sensitive. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was pretty, when I watched it, I got back to the hotel and I was pretty tired. So everything was kind of funny to me at that point, mm-hmm. but. He kept like calling Dungy RD5 coffee. Yeah. Yeah. wonder what he would say about A-Ray. He commentated a Supercross. I don't know. I liked when he gave Bogle a bunch of love, though. Yeah, he kept talking about Bogle. Yeah. Bogle wasn't even out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, did you catch that, A-Ray? He talked about Bogle like four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, like, whatever, he did that scrub or something, let his leg off. Over the, like uh, the Henry Hill right there, yeah. yeah. He said uh, something about Bogle with that leg swag or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Mitch told said anything to Joe about that, or Nick? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Well, think like so. told him not to do it. Well, I mean, it was pretty dirty for the mid race. Yeah. Like that was maybe like a. Well, Joe's like line. discovered taking his leg off this year. He's been doing it everywhere. Yeah, but even the scrub, like the angle he was at and everything, it was. Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> I wonder if he meant to go that hard. Because he's, yeah. he's thrown a couple good ones while we've been filming before and pulled up next to me like, I did not mean to do it that big. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Anderson, second win with a 2-2. Yeah. Um, was he satisfied with that, Michael? Like, getting the overall with consistency rather than a moto win? Yeah, and I, you know, I haven't gotten the chance to rewatch everything yet, but especially in that second moto, some of the stuff Jason was doing as the track, you know, shaped up and formed, it got drier, more ruts developed, more braking bumps developed. Like again, as much as it dried out, Jason got super creative and was like mm-hmm. writing up on all the off cameras that were there, finding like really good lines. He just seemed like he had a good time flowing everywhere around the track. It never yeah. really seemed like he was caught up in all of that other stuff and i mean the freight train of guys that were behind him chase as hard as chase was trying to go to get in the front and break away from all of them jason was just right there doing his thing and mm-hmm. there were times that he would like leave the guys behind him there were times that he would 
you know, catch up on Chase. Yeah, Jason looked really, really good on yeah. Saturday. On um, the TV, he looked... He's been good at that track before. You yeah. know, that, that track seems to be one that would favor him quite well. Yeah, on the just on the broadcast, I mean, I think that's the best he's looked all year. Even, was it Hangtown he won? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, even more so than that. It's cool to see that he won a race this late in the season mm-hmm. when he's already, like, yeah. out of the was, title contention was, and out of MXON because of an injury or something, right? Right. He was jumping like one of these like singles into the turn over one of these sing like it was like the anthill and then it had a single after it on the inside and he was yeah. jumping like the anthill over the single and then pivoting his bike and just going around the corner. It was a huge commitment and I think I don't know he just does great stuff like that on the bike and I think I mean a lot of people are going to say that this one was sort of like given to him. He might have gotten lucky with with the issues that Eli and Chase had, but I mean, you got to be there. You got to be consistent with these two mm-hmm. uh, two motos. I think, uh, yeah, I think he rode great. Okay, so one point, two races left, dude. This is so gnarly. It's just like this is the closest. It just it's been continues in a long to deliver, time, right? Right. Like so, just, I mean, after first moto, everyone's hope was probably like, oh, well, there's the there's yeah, the series, yeah. and then it just. Boom, there we go. So so two races, Ironman and Fox Raceway. Mm-hmm. We know Chase is super good at Fox. Where do you guys see this going? I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it a lot, too. Uh, both guys seem pretty good. They don't seem, like, rattled by it or anything. Even Eli's comments, like, you know, if I had never been in this position before, I'd probably be, like, pretty freaked out by the pressure. I'd be shaking from it see how confident he is and just ready to get this done because he knows this is it uh even in the press conference somebody said hey look at how much fun you're having look at all these things like are you going to consider maybe coming back for next year and he's just like yeah maybe i'll think about that after paula so he's just trying to get this thing handled chase you know for the issues that he had took that one really really well and just is ready for it uh and you could just feel the like, even though it's one point, it's the same thing that it was after Unadilla. The pressure feels like ten times more now, mm-hmm. especially going into these last two. Eli made a comment, you know, you never know what the weather is going to be at Ironman because uh, it's like every other year that it rains, like a torrential downpour there. That doesn't seem to be the case this week. It's supposed to be pretty dry but nice and like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So should be a perfect weekend come Indiana. Yeah. And if they prep it well, that'll be interesting to see. Um Again, and, you know, this was like another race in a row where it was a really dry, hard base there, and I wonder what they're going to do at Indiana because that just sends everybody for a loop. They they come in thinking one thing, and then they have to start adjusting off of what it ends up being in reality. Yeah, and not to count, I mean, don't count out Fox either, speaking of weather, because we've been having some interesting, like, weird weather out here the last month or so, and I think there's some, like, possible monsoon storms coming in a couple weeks, so... If that comes a little earlier, or and if that's as accurate as it says it's going to be, that could be interesting. Or it could just be ass hot. Yeah, it's going to be ass hot probably. <laughs> It'll be humid <laughs> for California for sure. Terrible. So I don't know, man. All right. My take is Chase is super fast, super talented, wants it. Yeah. You know, you can't describe in words how bad he wants it, right? But then look at Eli. Look at the ability to dig deep and just go into that beast mode he has. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Like, if I had to go bet, I'd bet blue. Yeah. What do you think? I would bet red. But I thought of this last night. What happens if they tie? Goes to Most overall wins. Wins, right? Mm-hmm. 
Then what if they tie wins? <laughs> Moto wins probably. Okay. Who's got God, more that'd wins? That'd be bizarre. Eli's got more wins, doesn't he? I would think so because he had yeah, that streak. Eli's yeah, Eli's got a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right, A Raid, Michael, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm honestly like, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean red. Uh, I think that I think that Chase can go two one one two. He could tie it up this weekend, and if he does that, then I think it's, I think it's his. He can go one one. I mean, that's a six point swing at at uh, at Fox. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on I'm I'm on the red train. Yep. What about you, Anton? Um, dude, I don't. I, like, I'm right now completely fifty fifty on how it's gonna go. <laughs> I really don't know, and, and you look at it because you really want to see Eli do it. You know, the the turnout that fans have had once they figured out, like, yo, this is really Eli's last year to come see him outdoors. He's really happy. He's having a lot of fun. You always want to see a guy go out on top like that. Mm-hmm. But for Chase, and you know how, like, sports-minded Chase is, he wants to beat the best guy. Like, he's yeah. progressively gotten better over the years, and he really sees this as, like, I could beat – one of the best of all time on my first real chance of doing it. Like that's going to put me where I need to be. So chase wants to do it too. Both are super cool stories. I'm sure after this weekend, I'll have a better idea, mm-hmm. but like I am purely, and I know that's such a bad uh, outlook, but I'm straight 50, 50 on it because they're all ripping. Like yeah. chase is super happy at Honda to see Lars and see Brandon and everyone around him. They all seem like they're just moving forward on the right path. They have that bike and especially that shock, right now figured out super super well same thing goes over for eli at star you know he's got gilly there helping with the suspension jelly working on the bike everybody on the team all gets along he's staying there again like everybody's in the right mode there doesn't really seem to be anything holding anyone back it's just on chase to your point as we were talking about like who's got what as far as the year goes i mean it's looking at the stats it's so incredibly close Mm-hmm. They're both so fast. Like Eli's average qualifying is two three. Chase's is two point eight. You know, uh, Eli's got one hundred twenty eight laps led. Chase has one hundred eleven. The wow. average finish. Chase is two two Eli's two point one. But then Eli has the eleven moto wins and four overall wins to Chase's seven moto wins and his three overall wins. Wow. And it still comes down to one point. And you're just like, wow, dude. Look at just how this year has played out, and just look where they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, when is the last time that we had a championship that's gone down to the wire like this? I mean, yeah, they we've s- had. They I said mean, it on the broadcast. Is- it was like um, Langston and. Hughes? <sighs> Frick, I forget. They said it on the broadcast, though. They mentioned it. It was the last time the championship has been that close this this late in the series. Yeah. What was it like 2007? If, yeah. If it, if it was going to be Langston, it was like uh, early 2000s. Someone got yeah. hurt, like with someone got hurt, like before the last round or something, and then yeah, I I think it was shortly after that is when uh, GL had his his eye thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Dude, let's just hope. Let's just hope for no crashes or injuries. Like it's going to be so insane if they race head to head the last four motors. Yeah. Of the year. Like yeah. no one cra- like when Chase crashed twice mm-hmm. in that first moto. Like if, if it's just heads up, these two guys. Can we just get them to race with no one else on the track? Like just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just them two. Man, get guys in the middle. Crazy. But yeah, awesome 450 action. 
Uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll talk about the little bikes. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. With over 35 years experience personalizing your suspension setups, Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel which drastically improve bottoming resistance and increase traction. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel-related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is 9 times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike I spend plenty of time cross training on my intense mountain bike. From the super fast and efficient sniper cross country bike, to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes, or even the amazing taser e-bike. Every intense is designed and developed in the United States and built to the highest standards. A life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too, so give the crew at IntenseCycles.com a look. Everyone, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast, presented by Pro Taper. Um, touching back on the, some 450 rumors, on. Hey, when we were at Starbucks, we saw Rod Bell in California. Yeah. Was that about it, Ray? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, yeah, I might have, I might have heard that he might be. Riding Suzuki for the last two rounds. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, for some reason, like he's in he's in California, which is which is weird because uh, like all the weeks leading up to this week, he's been in an attic uh, 
you know, doing HVAC and then I've seen him doing floors during the week and then he's racing on the weekends. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird to see him in California this week. So yeah, I, I mean, initially I thought maybe he was testing with Enzo because he mm. he paid to have his forks done. Maybe maybe he's running uh, conversion forks. Maybe there's a a Suzuki semi that needs some new AC done out here or something this week. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I'm, well, I mean, I'm assuming that he might be riding out there in California, so maybe you guys. Yeah, maybe, you guys maybe we'll see him out. Yeah, because yeah. I know Marshall Walton posted this morning that he was hurt. Poor guy. So, um, speaking of HEP, like what? I've heard that they're not on yellow next year. There's two options. Yep. What's the word, Mike Antonovich? Yeah. Um, well, it kind of goes back to. I think we talked about it last week with the Rocky Mountain team and the right. Rides Unlimited group that was going to get the KTM support not happening. So then it seems like that support could now float over to HEP mm-hmm. or Cowie, which, you know, Cowie's talked for years about how they need to have more 450s on the track instead yeah. of just the one or two that they have with the factory team. But they could get involved in that too. You know, four pipes. Dustin does a really good job. Yeah. Dustin's got a lot of non-endemic sponsors that are on there. The activations that he does, yeah. they get a lot of really, really good feedback. And I think that's cool for him. You know, yeah. Suzuki and Wheeler and what they've given him over these last years has been a great thing because he's really made great effort with the support that he has. And I think that if someone from a big factory gave them a little bit more bikes, budgets, and more R&D so they weren't trying to reinvent the wheel themselves so mm-hmm. much, you could really see things go well. And I mean... Things are lining up for them. World Supercross, you know, is coming. They have the team set up for that. They're already making the money off of that because the first round of payments have hit from uh, the organizers. So, like, stuff's going forward. You know, they have 250 guys lined up to grow the team. I think it's pretty cool. You know, it's good to see a team like that after sticking it out and, and even taking the risk to get more of the Suzuki support that was out there after JGR went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dustin really had to work to get that. Uh it would suck to see them leave, you know, after that, but he's earned any kind of support out there that would be a bump up. Might, might we that. see uh, yeah. the team on a different bike before World Supercross or for World Supercross? I don't know because it seems like the World Supercross thing has been uh, pretty happy that they were on Suzuki because then it brought, like, more manufacturers in. Right. And, like, who knows because they have a lot of stuff. You know, this is coming really, really quick, uh, even – for a guy like Dean, who's probably supposed to race motocross the nations on a Husky, I would imagine, mm-hmm. to have to jump in two weeks, be on a Honda to ride for the team he's going to ride for. Yeah. I don't think that a lot of people are going to have um, the chance to make big sweeping changes like that. Or the guys that do make them, they're going to be playing catch up in those, you know, couple events that they have. Yeah. Along the lines with AGP too, I mean, um, and with the Rocky Mountain deal going south, uh, I imagine Colt's probably trying to re-kindle uh, his relationship with maybe the HEP guys because I know they were in talks prior. So that's a possibility, right, for the 450 class? We lost him again. Yeah, no, <laughs> of course. And then what does this do to Bogle? Does Bogle retire yeah. now or does he? It's true. Uh, I had heard Bogle um, is going to do, like, World Supercross stuff too. So it doesn't huh. seem like we've seen the last of Justin, but that might be on an orange bike. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if they do change equipment, this could bring him back in because yeah. I think he had reached his threshold on that yellow bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, 
HEP going green or orange? I mean, I would like to see them go green because we have so many orange teams, right? Do we? Or, or through the years, there have been so I mean, many yeah, sport teams, but yes. there's never been a, a like secondary. Just the uh, PRMX guys. What color does yeah. Twisted T look best on? It's going to look funky either way. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I'll give I'll give Dustin credit. You know, I rode for that team in 2019. Uh, it's very well ran. You know, with Dustin, he he busts his ass. You know, to find sponsors and and uh, I, yeah, I mean, he makes the calls and you know, does a lot of different things. I think outside of you know the the main you know like hey, we're just gonna have like uh, we're trying to get outdoors out or outside sponsors. We're trying to get outside sponsors. Mm -hmm. He's one of the ones who actually has. So I think, yeah, I think what he's doing is it's really good. He didn't he didn't grow too soon. Um, I think he took the proper steps, and now he has a a great team. I think so. Yeah, yeah. props to him. Mm -hmm. I also heard a rumor that um, Barx might be switching manufacturers as well. Ari, do you have any insight on that with Mumphy? I do not know. I I have been way outside of the loop in <laughs> in Kentucky. Uh, I have not. I haven't talked to Carson or anybody. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think too because they've done so much with that with right. that Suzuki 250. They've had a lot of R and D, and those things are not slow. No. Yeah. That'd be so weird if there's not a Suzuki. If there's team. A, not a single one. Yeah. God, it'd be weird. Does Dylan Woodcock race a Suzuki when he comes over? <laughs> I don't know. He's racing one right now, though, right? Yeah. I don't know. Man, that would be strange. Hey, uh, on the World Supercross note, uh, Anton, has it been announced what team Kenny is riding on? What What was that, Don? Who, uh, on, who's on, on what the, team? On the World Supercross. Like, have they announced what team Kenny is racing for? Uh, they haven't, like, come out and said anything official yet, but, I mean, the word is out there of who's doing what. It seems like Sabachi and McElrath are going to do uh, Rick Ware. Mm -hmm. So one guy on one brand of bike, one guy on the other. Shane's going to be on that Yamaha, and it seems like Joey's going to be on Cowie, mm -hmm. uh, from what I heard this week. So, you know, as we've mentioned so many times, with the limited shipping stuff that they're going to send out, like, pretty gutsy of those guys, but cool that Rick Ware is going to take on that challenge because that was something that, the SX Global dudes were really hoping that someone would take the chance to field two different bikes and appeal to two different sponsors and two different riders and everything. Um, with Phil not going to race because of his broken arm, I think a lot of people thought like, oh yeah, Shane's just going to stay there. But uh, I'd heard that Cade is going to do Supercross for Club MX uh, for World Supercross. So that's good for him. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's all kind of coming together. There's little bits of stuff here and there that are coming out. You know, the big one, though, is still trying to figure out where Ken's going to go. Like, mm -hmm. how? what are they going to do with that? Is he going to be on a Honda? Is he not? I think, you know, still hasn't signed the contract yet for his contract extension at Honda. Mm -hmm. And as every weekend goes, I think people are more like, well, what's going to happen here? Or what's going to happen there? Yeah. And, you know, even with Bud's, I think that was a big factor of how, how last weekend went of where he would go or what the mood would be between them. He looked great, you know. So right when Kenny needs a good result, he puts it down and he does it. Uh so, yeah, we'll see. It's it's an interesting time. I think everything's going to get hyped up here in the next few weeks. Um, tracks, TV broadcasting stuff that's going to get announced. I would expect a lot of news from them pretty soon. Mm -hmm. uh, they they did announce the last team recently, the 10th team. So it's Olivia Lancelot's team. They're not going to do uh, 
the MXGP World Championship anymore. They're only going to do World Supercross. Wow. Mm -hmm. Olivia Lancelot. Hmm. You know who she is? Nope. No idea. She's French. She's raced uh, women's motocross. Okay. Cowie. She was super fast. Anyway, uh, getting back to Bud's Creek, Joe Schmo. Joe Joe. Joe goes, uh, did he go 3-1 for second overall? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. He's kind of becoming one of the dudes. Totally. Second out. Well, he didn't He didn't win. Right. But Moto win. People, uh, people seem to go nuts for him. What do you think the appeal there is, guys? For, why do people like Joe Schmota? His attitude. How can you not? Yeah. I don't think I've met a single person that doesn't like Joe. Like, you talk to everyone that supports him, everyone at Fox, everyone at Monster, mm -hmm. everyone at Bell. They all love Joe, right? Like, it's just, I don't think he's ever had a bad experience with anyone. Yeah. I think he's just one of those personalities you got to put, the more you put him in front of the camera, the more people like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Far East Coast. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's, it's seriously though, it's badass for him because these last weeks, if you if you start to wonder like what if he had been riding like this at the beginning of the season, how much different this championship would look, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's jumped into second place in the points, I believe now, because Hunter's had a couple of struggles, but yeah, I mean, it's just bravo to him, bravo to Nick Way, mm -hmm. um, yeah, whatever they're doing. Yeah, I think really working. I think Nick's made a big difference in his program. Yeah, totally. Uh, Anton. Nick's a full corner man, mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. Nick is like it's like watching a boxer go. He came <laughs> over after Joe got off the track in the first moto, had the ice bag right on his shoulders to cool him down. Yeah, Nick's about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that there was uh, bad starts and such, but is uh, Jet Lawrence in championship mode? What do you guys think? He went two three. I think it. Uh, let me look at how close it is. I mean, he's definitely going to get it. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, he – 433 to 396 on Joe. So oh, wow. It could happen this week. Yeah, yeah. it could. Yeah. But, I mean, is yeah, he – On that jet thing, he took a gamble that first that first moto, I think, on that inside gate. Yep. He got lucky, too, because at first – like, off that initial jump, I didn't think he was – it wasn't looking great, but he snuck around the inside of that corner and cut pretty well. I think he was like fourth or fifth off the start, but that was a that was for sure a gamble. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, is he hanging it out right now? Is he just doing what he needs to do? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I think so, a little bit, you know, because there were times that he wasn't going to push it unnecessarily this weekend, and especially in that second moto where Varese went down and he just narrowly avoided the bike there. Yeah. And then after him and Mosman had had that back and forth earlier, and then you see him go down and then, you know, to ride around that jet did a really good job of avoiding the potential catastrophes that are outlaid that laid out right in front of him a couple different times this week. Yeah. Um, I have to wonder if he's starting to think like, Oh man, I'm almost done with this two fifty deal. Yeah. Cause nobody's asking that. I, I started thinking that today, you know, only four races left, and then he changes everything. I wonder how that's going to be. Um, but yeah, have you heard about his, like, I had heard that he was riding the 450 during the week, too, the last couple of weeks. I know he was riding on one down in Florida for a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, we all saw the Red footage Run? and all of that. Yeah. Hmm. 
Who do you guys think uh, likes who the most or dislikes who the most? Do you think Mosman and, and Jet or Barsha and Fernandez? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jet has hated Mosman for a while. Right? And he's like said some things about it, like. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, could going back to Jet real quick, could he wrap up the title at Iron Man? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So if he does that, what are the odds he shows up to Paula on a 450 to oh. help Chase? Mm. That's a great thought, actually. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that I was, a good li- point. I was I think I was literally I was literally just thinking about that. Do you think that they're like, hey, like let's let's throw a wrench in this, like let's yeah. you know I could see Honda doing that. (laughs) Like, screw it. Even if Hunter has third lockdown, you know, like, hey, put him on a 452, have four 450 guys hit Paula. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Just so they could get the freaking both titles and sweep, you know, 250 and 450 outdoors. Well, it would make perfect sense for Jet to get on it. Yeah. Get a race under his belt on a 450. I think Honda's been known, too, especially the last couple years, to do interesting things. I mean, last year they were talking about the last two rounds – had them Jet not been in the situation he was, they were talking about throwing the guys on the brand new Honda for the last two rounds, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Maybe they'd bring Aerie up off the end of the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, so are we going to talk about the Barsha thing? We have to touch on it. Bar- I yeah. mean, I... I sent I sent Anton before before we started the podcast. I sent him the video that Barsha posted. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it, right? Like, yeah, it's a touch, touchy subject for both sides. For one, it's like Barsha freaking you know cleaned his cleaned his ass out like bad. <laughs> but at the same time, like if you see it from Barsha's view, Ferrandis like cut over on him, and then he had nowhere to go over that single, so he did pop over that thing. I it, mean, it's too narrow too, of a field like, of view, view too. Yeah, and if you see Barsha make it through all of that carnage, you know, like he jumps over that freaking yellow thing and he's in the turn. If you're Dylan, you got to chop the throttle and let him like go by and pass yeah. him somewhere else, right? Like it's Barsha, you're not going to get around him on the outside. He'll just he'll, he'll clean you out, right? So, like I see both sides to it. I see why Dylan's pissed. I see why Barsha's pissed, but. If I'm Dylan, I'm not making that pass right there. Yeah. But had Dylan checked up, Barsha would have been making a pass going off track, right? Because Dylan had him for that split moment, and then Barsha went off off the track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Do you think if Ferrandis isn't there, if Ferrandis isn't there, is Barsha going off track, like going straight because he couldn't stop? Like, I mean, maybe maybe Dylan just – was his berm that he needed to stay on the track. <laughs> mm. Is there any history between those two? Like uh, a little bit. From what? Yeah, a little bit. I can't think. Um and I mean I saw Dylan, so like I was at the bottom of the next hill. So I saw Dylan ride around and just completely ride off the side of the track and I saw his visor pointed up and he was all dirty and I'm like, Oh that sucks, like crashed, you know. I mean, that's a bummer that he went down. Uh, especially for him to be coming back like that and was completely oblivious to like the incident that had happened to that. And then mm-hmm. to hear just all of the, everything that has gone on and like, yeah, Justin definitely does have a reputation just solely off this year's three really big incidents with guys that, you know, we all know about. So yeah, I'm kind of on a race point, like devil's advocate. He did get bumped off the track, but then like, 
And that would be a lot to jump off the track, just miss the banner, just miss the yellow block, be on like the grass, not lock up the brakes and all that. But then to hit Dylan, it's just like, yeah, dude, you know that's going to happen. Like the same thing when Jason got taken down by him at Indy. It's like, yeah. you know Barsha's going to do that. Like right. you, you can't do that. That's what's going to go down every single time. Yeah. And especially because that was a really good, from the GoPro perspective of the front number plate, pretty good pass by Dylan. Like you got to give him yeah. that. And Justin doesn't. Uh, take it very well when someone gets a real crafty move on him. Like, mm-hmm. The best way for him to retaliate to it is just to chop Smash. it. And that's yeah. what he got, you know? Yeah, I'm sitting I'm watching it right now. I will say that those yellow things, they don't just move. They're not oh. styrofoam. No, like, oh, the Spongebob's? Yeah, you'll crash your brains out if you land on one of those, right? Yeah. So, and it's a li- I've ridden there. It's a little bit of a blind jump. I've actually crashed right there in that next section. It's very easy to fade outside because it's all those turns are off camber. So yeah. Very easy to fade to the outside on those turns. So, like, I mean, to me, it looks a little bit like a blind, like, roller. So, it, it seems like Dylan comes over on him at the last minute. He has nowhere to go. And at the same time, he has to, like, the last minute, give it a little bit of gas to change direction to not hit that yellow thing. So, I mean, racing incident, racing incident, it started out as a racing incident and it ended out, ended up as, Hey, like, I'm going to fucking clean your ass out. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ari, for what you said in the off-camber before that, where they're going right leading up to that hump, that GoPro, like, they're not that horizon leveling and all of that, and the shadow, you're not going to see how tricky all of that is. You're not going to see the ruts and the holes and the bumps that are there. That's a really, really tricky spot of the track. Me and Mike Emery were just standing there watching the 250 race just, like, maybe 20 minutes before all of this went down and saw how tricky that was through there and uh yeah it's kind of like a perfect little breeding ground for contact incidents like that because everybody knows it's a really good place to make passes and then if you can clean them and then get down that flyaway jump you're gone you can just break away and there's nothing they're going to be able to do to retaliate yeah that damn turns like a damn landslide so it's hard to even get around that corner to begin with and then you know like yeah and to get pushed a little bit wide there i think it's a little bit of a blind jump and then afterwards you have that big yellow barrier i think he might have just gave it a blip of throttle that last second right there i mean yeah he went off track but it's not like he was trying to cut the track he had reason you know what i mean it's not like hey i'm just gonna go across the track and clean you out not like uh, he had no intentions at first trying to cut the track Mm because like you know when ferrandis put out that first post and he's like oh a rider cut the track jumped into me and cleaned me out that's not really how it went, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. That's a little over exaggerated. And, and to be honest, I don't think that Ferrandis had knew that Barsha had a camera on his you know, front yeah. of the bike. And he wasn't he wasn't on Barsha's bike. He didn't he didn't know what went on. He just saw Barsha come from off the side of the track right into him, right? Yeah. So uh, he was ahead yeah. of him at that point. So I know he got DQ. Did you just get DQ in that moto or for the whole day? Yeah, DQ just in that moto. So, like, he was completely white from the timing and scoring sheets, everything. Oh. But oh. just in that moto. Uh, Avery, to that point, too, like, I get where everybody's trying to, you know, get content and hype and all that out there going. But, like, dude, this is one of those things where until you see it, you can't really go, like, oh, my God. Because a lot of people on the Internet that have been, dude, like, 
Yeah, he he acted like he had no idea what was going on. Will's very very neutral when it comes to that, to yeah. the whole bar show, aggro. Yeah. I mean, Will Will has a tough job right now. I mean, yeah, he's yes. a trainer. Like he's got a huge part, you know, and he's he's good friends with Barsha. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what he has to do. He has to have the riders back in his you know in his situation, and that might not always be the easiest thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and especially whenever you have guys like you know like Moseman, who's who's had an up and down year, you know, with crashes. And then every time on the broadcast, they, they go to Pierce Brown. He's on the ground. <laughs> so, you know, especially with like the whole jet and Moseman thing with jet, giving him thumbs up after he just crashes, you know, right there. after yeah. the finish. I don't know. I, I feel like Will has to juggle a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's not a well-liked semi at, right now. It's not. It's, it's, I think yeah. he's doing a good job at, at, at juggling that, you know, because I mean, Will is one of the most, likes guys in the pits totally you know, and i don't think you know he's got one of the most hated riders in, in <laughs> on, the, on the team so kind of it's kind of hard yeah what i Dude, said some of the di- on that point chase about like what trucks aren't liked in the pits yeah. right now some of the hardcore dick riding and then the complete opposites that fans will have from one week to the next like oh my god star's the greatest team ever i can't wait to do everything that i can to be a star fanboy and then they do a couple things oh my god i hate that team now yep, it's like yeah Dude, do you not watch any other sports? Like, yeah. they all go through it. It's a business. They're all – if you watch it long enough, you're going to see the same things happen over and over and over again. Yep. You know? yeah. Hey, what about the uh, the Spanish kid? Dude. Bad dude, that kid was good. I, was, I had him on my fantasy team. He did really good. <laughs> How'd he do? 100? Uh, it was it was close. I mean, what did he get? What was he his handicap? Like seven, seven, twelve. I think he was a twelve handicap. Ooh, that's you, good, dude. You guys are Damn. nerds. I don't play, but man, that's pretty <laughs> solid. <laughs> dude, uh, yeah, I enjoyed his interview you did, Anton. He speaks English quite well. Yeah, he does. How about that? He goes, yeah, I don't ride a Yamaha. I've only ridden the bike six times. <laughs> yeah. or so. I was just like, are you fucking? I was like, are you serious, bro? Dude. Like that's unbelievable. <laughs> And how old is he? He's young too, yeah. He's young, yeah. Fifteen or sixteen. He, uh, I think. he no, I think he's like seventeen. Oh, okay, he's okay. old enough. Like, yeah, he's not like straight little kid. Yeah. But yeah, he lives just outside Barcelona. We talked quite a bit uh, after that interview was over, and I was like, "So, how did this all come together?" And he goes, "Well, they had heard that I'm pretty good, and I'm just kind of trying to figure out stuff for Europe right now." And I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "So they flew me over, and I tested the bike, and and." You know, we had heard a rumor a couple of weeks ago that, yeah, you know, stars shut down the place. Nobody was allowed to be there. The Spanish guy's testing. And so many people thought it was Prado. Yeah. It's this kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had only ridden the bike a couple times. And then as the week was going on, the team was talking to him. And they're like, well, do you want to stay and race this weekend? And they're like, oh, oh maybe. I, I guess I can. And then after Bud's Creek was over, they're like, well, you're going to stay one more week and you're going to race Ironman now. Too. Oh, yeah. And so he's the MX2 rider for Team Spain this year. Wow. And then even after it was over, I'm like, so will you do that with Star? And he's, I don't know. He's still trying to figure that out. So he's kind of. I like how his answer was, why not? Yeah. I I don't think he he would mind, you know, 
riding the star bike a little bit more, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, sure he's fine with it. Like in Europe, compared to, you know, his bike or the star bike here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So was he? Uh, you said both. Was he? Is he an MX2 guy or EMX? Uh, he's EMX predominantly, but he's lined up for a few MX2 models this year. Okay. Okay. So this is like full on tryout, right? This isn't just a. He was there prior than prior to Romano getting hurt is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. He was. Uh, yeah. He's been here for a little bit, trying to get all of that sorted out to figure out what they're gonna do. Um, and then he doesn't know when he's leaving. You know, wow. he's like, I yeah. could stay another week. I could stay three more weeks. I could go home right away. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how he does on a supercross track. I think that's yeah. the big thing. Because I had said this uh, after Unadilla. If somebody like the Gilbert guy the, from the UK that rides the 450, if a couple of these dudes that could ride moto really, really well had supercross skills, there's a lot of hidden talent over there that we just haven't noticed in a while. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to talk about uh, Justin Cooper getting the mx2 slot yeah we do what was the uh, mood like in the pits in the star pits mm. specifically i didn't go to the star pit so i can't say for sure uh mm. but justin was sick and he even said you know it sounded like he was sick after unadilla so he kept a pretty low profile um the ama guy i talked to mike pelletier you know the ama guys knew that this was going to be a big decision and they they figured that christian would be you know understandably frustrated by the outcome of it, but they hope to talk to him because they would like to have him as a retainer, you know, in case they do need him for something. And that just kind of builds that dynamic of the inclusivity and the build the morale, have every base covered so that when we do go to red bud or when they do go to red bud, it's not like a fire drill. Everybody's mm-hmm. on the same page. Everybody's working the way that they need to. And hopefully they win mm-hmm. for their sake, because like they're doing everything they can this year to make sure that they win. Yeah. You know, God, how long has it been since USA's won? Uh, I don't know. Before I started uh, watching Motocross Nations, before I knew yeah. it was, yeah. It's crazy. When was it? Uh, I can't even remember. 11 years? Italy? It's been a while. Who was on yeah, the team? I think the last Nations I went to was uh, Italy, and it was Stu Farian. Oh, wow. It was a while. It's been a while. Wow. It was on Stu's undefeated year. Because mm. that was the only moto he lost because he landed on a hay bale. <laughs> but, yeah. Hold on, Chase. I'll tell you. Last year, uh, 2011, was the last year the Team USA won. It was at St. Jean in France. And that was Dungy, Baggett, mm. and Villapoto. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. that, was, that was when Villapoto and Dungy were, like, hugging each other after the race. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> wow. So, uh, hey, that French team is good. That French yeah. team is really good. I don't know if we talked about that that much last week, but that is a solid group. With There's Marvin some good teams. Down to yeah. That's a good team. Australia is going to be good. Dude. Marv on a 250 is going to be badass. Yeah. We saw him riding a 250 Dude, a little he, while ago. Yeah, that day at Glen Helen, he was ripping on that thing. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so Cooper was sick. Right, a couple. So a couple um, uh, journalists in the sport, I think so Talking Boy and maybe it was Mathis, someone else said he had COVID. Right, he tested positive on Monday. So I don't know. I'm interested to see because I have friends who are are fitter than me, and they took like a month and a half to recover from COVID. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he does these next two weeks. Depends which one he had. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Because if he's not riding during the week to get better, then, yeah. I guess we'll see, but. I don't know, because if you had that. What was the latest <sighs> I don't know. flavor they had? Omicron? Yeah. Like, that was nothing. I had that. And I was like, <laughs> eh, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to see that it's finally settled, though, and and uh, all put together. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised. I thought they were going to announce, like, four guys. That's what I had heard earlier in the week. So, I w- I'm wondering how Christian feels about the whole scenario. Yeah, he didn't address it. a little bummed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, what out did RJ Hampshire didn't come to the press tent after the race? Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he did the, the press conference. Press conference, yeah, but he didn't come over there. Um, I, Husky's not really done it a lot. Like, Dino came to the one after Unadilla, mm-hmm. um, but there haven't been a lot of Husky guys over at it this year. Like, Jalik might have come over at yeah. one or two, but I haven't seen them at it all the time. But do great for RJ after the first moto, man. He was really stoked on running that scoop tire. He was very happy about his decision <laughs> to use that. Uh, even under that the cool down tent, he just kept looking at it and telling the team, like, man, I'm glad we did that. <laughs> this is like the year of the scoop tire. Jeez. Yeah. Because the and track I, looks I pretty hear- hard pack, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. No, it, it looked like it had a hard base to it. Yeah. And then I think uh, I heard I think I heard on the uh, I think Steve's post race uh, they had some uh, some engine stuff or or something in his, uh, on his bike that they had made a change. I guess. Uh, oh. Jonas is over here, the the main guy from Europe. Yeah. Oh saying. wow. So. So yeah, like uh, he's been asking for it, and uh, I think they they got him some some good parts, and I think that I mean he was he was really. I don't know. It seemed like he was really happy with the bike. A lot more happy than he has been. Hmm. Yeah, good for him though. Got a win in each this year. Yeah, Supercross. Oh, hey, while we're on the KTM note, um, Tony was only going to do Saturday. Right. Like that. That was it. He wasn't going to do any more races, and then it was unfortunate because he had a really, really rough day. Yeah. He was in the cool down area uh, with a like soft cast on his arm. I didn't get the chance oh, to talk no to him. He had dipped out before that, but I had talked to Jill like early in the day and she's like oh yeah we only came over for four days like we flew in we're gonna do this race we're flying back home they didn't even bring the kid with them they're just trying to go that fast Mm -hmm. but yeah there was a lot of wondering if he was going to do iron man and keep staying but no they were only going to be here for the weekend so he's doing all of his his prep out there then for his nations i'd assume yeah yeah Hmm. well what else I think the scoop yeah, tire. He doesn't have very good luck at Bud's Creek, you know. I mean, hell, he was there what 15 years ago, and he sealed it wasn't very good. When, when RV smoked everyone on 250, <laughs> I remember that. That was a great day. Actually, no, that was the last one I went to. Okay. But uh, anyhow, uh, switching channels though, Monster Mountain. I think that scoop tire would have worked great there. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh. I think a different airline would have been great, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> American Airlines, you can eat my butt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had the uh, 7MX Mini Major East this weekend out at Monster Mountain. Uh, two great days of racing. I, I posted about my Instagram. I really enjoyed seeing the reads there. Like, because Chad chose the Mini Major last year to bring his kids to as their first big race, right? I think Or, or their first race ever. Was it? Yeah, wow. it was. And they're like, obviously, if you follow them on social media or YouTube, they're fully invested in it. And they race everywhere. I think, I think Ellie told me they had like 
nine bikes or something. Jesus. And <laughs> I think Pace did four classes, Tate did three, and Kaya did two. But it seemed like Chad was at the starting line every time I looked down there. That or washing bikes, yeah. Yeah, washing bikes or packing gates. and I don't know. It's just awesome to see that and what a uh, what investment they've made into amateur racing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see – there was no Drew Adams type kid this yeah, year. Yeah, there is no, um, let's see, amateur factory supported riders or, or yeah. some of that. But there were quite a few, like – low-key fast kids who were straight off of Loretta's, like still had Loretta's backgrounds on their plates and stuff, and mm-hmm. just dads were like, yeah, we're, we're going to keep racing. Like a lot of kids, they're taking breaks right now. But, yeah, we had a couple super mini kids that were just fresh off of good results at Loretta's and, like, kept the momentum going. Yeah, the kid that won super mini three, mm-hmm. he only rode super mini three. He didn't ride the other one or two. Is that the fast he, house kid? He rode a FXR. FXR kid, okay. Yeah, yeah. He had the Cooper Webb Bell helmet on. Yes, yes. But uh, I th- I was really impressed by that kid on the 65 that was in the Thor gear. That he- kid was on it. So oh, I'm forgetting his name, but he's pretty well known. Like, I'd say that was maybe uh, one of the kids with the, the biggest um, name, I guess, so to say. Dennis Block at, at 7 knew, was well aware of who the kid was. Yeah, he's the one who pointed it out to me. Yeah, I don't think he lost a moto all weekend. Mm-hmm. He, he was on it. But, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty cool. We got a big rainstorm Saturday night, and uh, Keith at Monster Mountain did a great job with his crew of cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. I think even it was surprisingly not that bad, like even in the infield and stuff when we walked around. I didn't, like, almost eat shit in the mud yeah, or anything. But, uh, man, it's a different world back there, Alabama. It it's uh, Dennis Block, he said it right. He goes, man, it's like I'm – at Chick-fil-A. Everyone is so nice. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, happy. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It was pretty good. But, yeah, we had uh, some nightmares in our travel. All four legs of our trip there and back were bad. Yep. We ended up having to drive two and a half hours to Atlanta to get home. And somehow we got home last night by midnight. I was – did you get home by midnight? Wow. No. A little past, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was asleep by midnight. It was good. But um, I don't know. I don't think we'll be flying into Montgomery next time. Nope. Nope. No. I didn't see your neighbor there, eh, Ray? The guy that bought your bought your track. You did? I didn't. Well, oh, I'm, no, I'm he assuming was, he would have no, come he, running up to me and said something to me about you. There was a couple no, people there, that said. He, uh, he, uh, his kid won like three classes. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, yeah, he, they, they posted something on Instagram. Uh, yeah, Tate Brush, Brent Brush, his dad. Yeah, uh, they you know they've told me like, hey man, we ain't missing these uh, these swap moto races, uh, mini majors. They love them. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. Nice. I had quite a few people come up to me and say, hey, what's A Ray doing next year? And all that. But yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people commented that they like you hosting the SML show. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what. Like, I mean, yes, I have been on the East Coast for quite some time now, but I am missing it. Like, I. Uh, I was thinking about it honestly today. Like, uh, I I like doing those shows. I like doing this show. Um, it's it's tough sometimes with all of our schedules being being different. But uh, yeah, uh, this is something that I love to do. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, we can't talk about next year. A Ray racing no, next no, year, no. but but yeah, I'm, wheels are turning here. Mm. Wheels are turning. Yep. Yep. So, 
I guess with that we. Wrap oh, up. shout out to the PW kid. Who? That kid made my weekend. There, there's PW a kid I thought on Saturday. There's a kid I thought was stuck under his bike and no one was coming, so I, I dropped my camera. I ran out to him, and I picked up his bike. And I'm like, "You all right, buddy?" He's like, "Yeah, I, I just don't want to ride." <laughs> so <laughs> so, he was so I took his bike off the track and he just. He just sat there on his bike and was looking and waited for the checkered flag, and then I saw him just ride back into the pits. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I got uh, – I cleaned out a female – Oh, yeah. Uh, Stasic Grom Cross rider. There's a uh, – Oh, man. Dude, there was, there was a kid – there's a Chinese kid that didn't speak English. That Are you sure he was Chinese? Dude, I know he was Chinese because I heard his dad talking to him, like, bong, 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 whatever. <laughs> but I, I do know this word – in Chinese, it's Jai, Jai Ho or Jai Ho or something. It means, like, go for it. Mm. And I heard the dad yelling, Jai Ho, Jai Ho, as the kid went by. But so this kid won the moto, and I was filming the Grom Cross with the GoPro because the stabilization is great. And I'm, like, walking up the finish line behind him, and I hear this dad go, watch out, watch out. And I'm, like, off the track, and some little girl just plows into the back of my left calf on her stasic. And nothing happened to me, but she ate shit. Mm. was crying. I thought I was going to get harassed for yeah. uh, for uh, taking out a kid, but I was off the track. She hit me. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot of kids back east do off, off-road off riding a lot because I had two kids crash into me off the track as well. <laughs> Shout out to the kid that burnt my calf with his pipe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's it for this week's show. Uh, Shout out to my buddy Wayne at Polar who listens to every show and always sends me screenshots of his uh, – of his watch with our show on it in various places oh, like the beach sick. or the lake or, or something. Cool. But uh, cool. anyway, uh, we'll Wait. talk to you. What? Oh, I was going to say Wayne's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. You know, he's been helping me out for years. Honestly, yeah, you've been a polar the, guy forever. All my polar stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Great stuff. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next Monday after Ironman MX. And, man, let's all keep our fingers crossed for some amazing racing going into Indiana. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next week. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.